The more ingredients, the more tools, and the more modeling you provide, then the more everyone has to work with and the wider range of variety. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So, Andrew, last week we started part one of our Cooking with Structure and Style podcast series. And I think it's just going to be two parts. Yeah, I think two is going to be plenty (laughs) for most listeners. Because what we're doing here is using cooking as a metaphor for teaching, writing, structure, and style. Sure. Well, we've talked about skills development Mm -hmm. and the need for, number one, models. Mm -hmm. Number two, technical practice. Mm -hmm. So in the TWSS, I make the comparison to music because Mm -hmm. that's my background. So Mm -hmm. we play, you know, scales, etudes, the same three measures of a piece 20 times a day, not so that we can go perform those things for other people, but so that when we are needing that particular skill, it's ready to go. I don't know that we necessarily practice to that level for cooking. You know, when I'm making a soup, I don't chop hundreds of onions so I can perfect the skill. Think back. Mm -hmm. Think back to when you were just beginning. Or in my more recent case, uh, I'm very interested in Thai and Indian Mm -hmm. because those are my two favorites foods. So, yeah, I could guess based on my experience of eating in Thai foods or Indian foods, Mm -hmm. just kind of like I could, you know, pick up an instrument and guess, well, what might help me get better at this? Or the other analogy we've used is sports, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So you sign up to do soccer or basketball or whatever, and then you end up doing not as fun things, you know, dribble drills, wind sprints, these kinds of technical development exercises. Mm -hmm. Not so that you can show that off, but so that when you're in a game, there's application. So we have this idea of cooking, and there's a similarity there in that it's a model and also technique. And I've been, as I told you a few episodes ago, cooking a very, very similar breakfast Yes. Every day that yes. I have time. Um, time meaning this, the herb or time meaning? <laughs> no, I'm not a big fan oh, of okay. parsley or sage or <laughs> rosemary. Um, I'm more of a... Q uh, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> basil, cilantro. Okay, got it. <laughs> you know, type of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we look at the idea of a recipe and we say, okay... Here's someone who has gone before. Here's someone who has figured out what makes a good kima, larb, green curry. Pot roast. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about pot roast. By the way, 
Someone is cooking something in the kitchen. Is it that is, you? It is a pot roast, and it is not me. But I did help this said someone put together her pot roast. Wow. Well, it almost reminded me of the good old days when we did Thursday potlucks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. masks and distancing mm-hmm. and not eating together. <laughs> so I cook the same thing every day. And every day there's slight variations. And every day I get just a little bit better, mm-hmm. I think, at proportions and the application the refinement of the thing. And isn't this true with writing, mm. right? We, right? We know, number one, it's a skill, so we have to learn it by doing it. You can't just read a recipe and then be a great cook. Imagining yourself cooking and does not make you a good cook. No, right, you exactly. can't you know, watch a video on mm-hmm. how to play a piano piece and then go and do it. Right. You have to actually get in and wrestle with the thing. You have to break a few eggs. <laughs> what was the saying? One cannot make an omelet without breaking eggs. Right. And if you're first making an omelet, you're going to get eggshells in that omelet. Yeah, but breaking <laughs> eggs does not mean you can make an omelet. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. I, I don't remember who said that. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, speaking of omelets, I have to tell you a new way I've learned to make omelets. The, the twirly thing? Well, no, my my flat whisk, of course, you know, Uh which uh, we should put a link in the show notes to the Facebook Live that we did where I actually gave you as as a gift my flat whisk because I have many. I don't know that you actually took it home. <laughs> I, I'm missing it. Yes. Where did I put it? Back in your box, <laughs> you probably. Did. You did. So it's um, in my car. So I, I do need to tell you something just a little bit creepy Okay. about that. So we did this Facebook Live, mm-hmm. and you showed off your particular nonstick pan. What's it called? A missin pan. Missin. Mm-hmm. Missin. So the very next day, out of the blue, comes an on ad. my Facebook feed <laughs> an ad for missin pan. I love it. Yes. Okay. No, I haven't been searching for nonstick cookware. I have not been searching for anything related to cooking. There is nothing in my world that would communicate to the great <laughs> algorithms of of the deep dark tunnels of Facebook that I was interested in this other than the fact that we talked about it. Well, we all know that Facebook is spying on us. Facebook <sighs> is Big Brother. But, okay, just because you're talking about the missing pan, that is not a Teflon pan. My brother I didn't say Teflon. No, I know I you did I said nonstick. Uh, you did, and I'm just clarifying for our listeners. So I brought this, my favorite pan, down to my sister's house, and we were making pizza. It's our new favorite thing. And used that skillet in the oven and my brother-in-law was concerned because you cannot put Teflon in the oven. And right. I said, oh, but it is not Teflon, yeah. but it is nonstick. I love it. Well, I just, I wonder, you know, how many people who are watching our Facebook yes. post kind of accidentally mm-hmm. saw an ad for that pan. It's like you can't even talk now without <laughs> becoming an unintentional sponsor of something. I suppose that's true. It's uh, very creepy, I think. But <laughs> nevertheless, so... We're talking about recipes, Mm -hmm. and there's kind of two things in a recipe, I was thinking. There's the list of ingredients. Right. And then there's the sequence and directions for putting those ingredients together. Right. Sometimes it's pretty easy. It's like, here's everything, throw it into a pan, and you got it. Mm -hmm. But other times it's really important that you do one thing 
before another kind of precisely. Exactly. So I was thinking, well, this loosely relates to structure and style. Okay, I like that, yeah. Because, you know, the structure is that sequencing, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, the sequencing of sentences in a paragraph or uh, applying the topic clincher rule to the paragraph or the sequencing of ideas in a story or maybe multi-paragraph mm. compositions such as, you know, the five or more paragraph essay models. Where you write from the inside out. That's the sequencing, right? But that's part of following the recipe. Right? That's true. For We're constantly saying, you know, write the body paragraphs mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. and then the conclusion, the introduction, mm-hmm. which I suppose makes sense because... When you serve something, people don't necessarily always see it in the order that you made it. Exactly. I don't do cakes. But you think about it, what's the last thing you do? You frost it. What's the first thing you see? The frosting. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the style, you know, that roughly corresponds to our stylistic techniques. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's also the the facts that you choose, Mm -hmm. the ideas, but... Uh, we are spicing it up mm-hmm. to some degree. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you could write the most boring essay in the world that has, you know, just the statements you want to make. But then if you're going to have appeal, if people are going to want more of it, then what do we need? We need sometimes just basic stuff mm-hmm. like salt does a whole lot it does. to improve almost everything. It's true. In fact, you can just take Chicken, chop it up, cook it with salt, pepper, and olive oil. And it's delicious. Yeah. But then there's other things. Mm-hmm. You know, you could consider granulated mm-hmm. garlic, for example. Lemon and capers and turn oh, it into chicken piccata. Lemon mm. and capers. That is so true. Mm-hmm. That's where I think our stylistic techniques give students the facility mm-hmm. with the different techniques. For mm-hmm. example, um, in Indian cooking, They use a lot of cumin, turmeric, Mm -hmm. which I always thought was turmeric, but it's turmeric. And then cardamom, Mm -hmm. M-O-M, Mm -hmm. which I always thought was cardamom, Mm -hmm. but no, it's cardamom Mm -hmm. in honor of (laughs) Mother's Day, I guess. Oh, I guess. Nice. Well, okay, these are spices that if you're not familiar with them, you might not be confident using them, adding them in kind of in an improvisational manner. Mm -hmm, Well, how do you get familiar with them? Mm, You practice, yeah. Recipe, Mm -hmm. recipe. Plus, uh, cooking has some built-in control of error. (laughs) Yes, it does. You have to eat what you make. (laughs) It is true. Or or you have to pay for the fact that you... Couldn't eat what you (laughs) (laughs) make. You have to toss it all out. Mm -hmm. And then depending who you're cooking for, there's extended consequences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Similar to, you know, if you invest in writing something. You know, there's an expenditure of energy. Yes. Well, what do you want to know? That you have content that's going to be nutritious, (laughs) that it's going to meet your audience, you know, a lot of people, this isn't any new advice to anyone, but those say, you know, what's the first rule of rhetoric? Mm-hmm. Know your audience. Right. I think this is true for cooking. Mm-hmm. So if I'm just cooking for myself, there's certain ingredients you can guess. Mm-hmm. Habaneros, mm-hmm. jalapenos, ghost peppers, ghost peppers <laughs> uh, maybe triple the amount of garlic. There's certain things I would put in. 
which I would not put in if I were cooking for someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife, she mm-hmm. doesn't like the spicy stuff. So, so same thing. But I know how to use the ingredients. So as a student goes through the structure and style for, you know, many years, mm-hmm. they become more and more comfortable. Oh, okay. I could throw in a participle into this paragraph. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. does it does it fit the the need? Does it fit the circumstance? Mm-hmm. We don't put, you know, once once we've followed recipes, we don't just put in everything we have right. just because we have it. So, uh, you know, with the stylistic techniques, I'm very often saying that, you know, the we, we don't use the checklist so that students will always and forevermore do everything on the checklist. Right. We use the checklist so they attain the mastery, the ability that it's easy mm-hmm. to do any of those things, and then... They graduate, they can pick, they can choose, mm-hmm. they can see other stylistic techniques, start to notice things that other writers do. Right. Um, yes, because our stylistic checklist, our style, you know, our checklist isn't comprehensive. We haven't included every single literary device. We haven't included every uh, strunk and white style, elements of style in that checklist. There's only six dress-ups six sentence openers, six decorations, and then there's some the triples. Yeah, so. and then there's some advanced mm-hmm. kind of bonus ones. Right, um, but that's not the, that's not exhaustive, but it's certainly enough to get a student, young or old, an opportunity for plenty of practice in using techniques that they wouldn't necessarily Sure, and use. then depending what they do, mm-hmm. you know, some may move on in life. Uh, most will go take classes at college or whatever mm-hmm. and have mm-hmm. to write papers for professor, you know, X, professor Y, mm-hmm. and maybe even adjust their style mm-hmm. for right. those different teachers. Exactly. Yep. Uh, we've talked about that mm-hmm. in the past. When I always say to the high school kids, when you go to college, don't try to write well. Try to figure out what the professor thinks is good writing and do that and, mm-hmm. and feel be free to adjust yourself, to use or not use techniques accordingly, then you maybe go into different fields. You know, someone may become a children's book author. Someone else may end up going into marketing Mm -hmm. and having to write copy for Mm -hmm. marketing or PR. Other people may go into a technical field and have to write informational memos Mm -hmm. uh, explaining technical things to other technical people. Right. But... I think what we've found as we've talked to various older people like we are with grown <laughs> children who are mm-hmm. now, you know, in their 20s mm-hmm. or beyond mm-hmm. uh, doing those types of professional or academic things, they all look back and say, I'm so glad that I learned the IEW system. Mm-hmm. It helped me, mm-hmm. you know, wherever I ended up going. Yeah, yeah. Much like at, at some point you could say, hmm. That was a great meal I just had in this restaurant. I think I could go figure out how to do that. Right. Based on the historical knowledge of having worked with the recipes, mm-hmm. the, the structures and the checklists, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and perhaps even innovate. I'm, I'm almost at a dangerous point now. Okay. Every time I cook something, I think this is so much better 
than any food I could ever buy in a restaurant. You're making me hungry, Andrew. <laughs> I know. I just and it's it's wiped out my desire to go to restaurants, oh, which no. I suppose could be you know mm-hmm. cost Economical. savings and plus you know I can buy organic ingredients mm-hmm. and I can be sure I'm getting you know what I want. But mm-hmm. it's been an interesting year because normally mm-hmm. you know I'm on the road three, four, sometimes five days a week. Mm-hmm. I eat in a restaurant you know at least once a day, sometimes mm-hmm. twice. And uh, now I'm just like, what am I going to make for myself? <laughs> I, I start salivating just <laughs> thinking about what I can make for myself that will be so much better than any restaurant. <laughs> Watch out! You might have a, a new career in your in your future, huh? <laughs> I'm a little old for a new career, but yeah. as a as a, a side hobby, yes, I did think it would be fun, you know, to just like go work as a kitchen assistant mm-hmm. in a like really authentic Indian restaurant. Oh, right, where everybody's really Indian mm-hmm. and they do everything the way it was. I don't know what they'd say in the old country, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and just. Just wash the dishes, but watch. Right. Just see. But I, I'm not sure I'm going to be doing that anytime soon. So if you were to maybe go through our structural models, can you think of recipes or types of food that might be akin to those structural models? Well, certainly Unit 3 mm-hmm. and the story sequence chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think almost any dish has that you know, characters, conflict, resolution, you know, what would that be? Ingredients, process. Presentation. Presentation. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. And within that, there's a lot of room for variety. Use an example in the Facebook Live. What was that? I have a spaghetti sauce recipe that I got from a cookbook, but I have made significant variations of it. For one thing, the recipe says cook for 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes is not long, nearly long enough to get that deep red, almost brown tomato sauce color and look. And so, yes, it's definitely a variation. I'm definitely creating more conflict, perhaps, in my spaghetti sauce. And then there's no sugar in my spaghetti sauce either. That oh, yeah. Recipes call for. So, and then, of course, my husband likes it hot, so I do add as much red pepper. Crushed red pepper as I can as you tolerate. can tolerate. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. So that might be my unit three. That just a variation of a recipe, an existing recipe. Yeah, I would think of omelets. Mm, yes, you know what an omelet is. Mm-hmm. It's basically scrambled eggs flattened out and folded over. Unless another, there's another country, and I don't remember the name of the country, but they they present their omelets flat. Right. I've yeah. even seen a, a spiral. Oh, omelet. cool. Yeah. Uh, it was actually on the ad for the missing pan. <laughs> missing pan, okay. Where you, 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 put, you put the eggs in and then you put some, like a spoon or something in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then you spin the pan around. <gasps> and How it makes this kind of um, spirally, almost like a, a low altitude volcano. Link in the show notes for this recipe. <laughs> we'll I don't know if we can find it. But, you know, I'm thinking, okay, unit three is omelet. Mm-hmm. But, man, can you put a lot of different things Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. omelets? Um, You know, unit four, uh, what's the task there? It's to choose the most um, interesting, important, or relevant facts from too many. But you can't make too many changes to the facts because that would be called fake news. (laughs) Well, yeah, but but you do. I mean, if you start with the assumption Mm -hmm. that 
all of the facts are in fact facts, <laughs> uh, which for the most part, you're looking at encyclopedic information mm-hmm. and, and the value of representing that to know it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to choose, much like you have to choose, you know, uh, I have a spice rack, which is way too big, so mm-hmm. I can look and see, okay, which spices here, which flavors are going to be interesting, important, relevant, connected, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you don't want to put in two flavors that are too far mm-hmm. disconnected. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, while well, Unit 5, writing from pictures, that would be watching a cooking show. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then trying to recreate it without the actual recipe, you know, specific <laughs> list of ingredients mm-hmm. because then you're having to reactivate your imagination, mm-hmm. ask the questions, what did he do? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember trying to do a particular artichoke mm-hmm. thing from a YouTube video. Okay. And I I didn't do it well. <laughs> okay. Uh, because I I didn't have enough information. Mm. But my wife very graciously said, oh, this is fantastic. Aww. The other problem is is the artichokes were just not ripe enough. I don't think of vegetables mm. as needing to be ripe mm. in the same sense of, say, fruit. But this artichoke just, it didn't open up properly for mm-hmm. all the cheesy mix to, you know, <laughs> melt in. Anyway, uh, what else? Unit six, multiple references. Well, that could be having two different recipes and kind of combining them. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, in fact, uh, I did that not long ago with um, a curry dish. I had two curry recipes, and I thought, there's things I like about this one, things I like about that one, and I don't want to use that particular ingredient, and I don't have any of that, so I'll just take, mm-hmm. you know, the overlap, yep. basically, plus a couple more things. So mm-hmm. uh, that was... Have you seen those cooking shows where they give you something in your basket, and you have to incorporate that into your recipe? Oh. I, I did something like that this weekend. My sister, we had a birthday, little birthday get-together for my husband, and she wanted to make a chocolate cake, but I noticed there was cream cheese in her refrigerator, and I said, I bet I can figure out what to do with this cream cheese, not frosting, but uh-huh. cream cheese incorporated into the cake. Oh, and that to make a little swirly thing? I, that was my attempt. It didn't actually uh-huh. turn out that way, but it tasted pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, with chocolate, you can't do too mm-hmm. wrong. But mm-hmm. um, And then, of course, Unit 8, you get into more formal, almost like a multi-course, like... I mean, with Unit 8, you're doing different things. So what I my analogy that I used at our Facebook party was pizza. Right. Because you have the technical pizza crust that has to be followed pretty closely. You know, you mix it for 10 minutes. You let it rest for 10 minutes. Then you allow it to rise for 36 hours, no more, no less, <laughs> in your refrigerator. And then... Then you put the toppings on it, and then you can kind of go crazy a little bit. Yeah. Well, you could also look at it it's if you're cooking a meal with many dishes. Mm. Yeah. So you've got to, you know, get the, the vindaloo marinated mm-hmm. while you then boil the potatoes and get ready for the aloo. And <laughs> then you get the vindaloo in the Instapot so the timing is right. But then you better, you know, you better start your pilau. And then if you're going to have raita, you better start chopping the <laughs> cucumbers to get into the yogurt. And and the ideal circumstance would be that everything is ready pretty much all at the same time. And that's the sign of a really good cook, an experienced cook, to be able to bring all 
the dishes to the table in the correct order, all at the right temperature, ready to eat. Yeah. So I think of maybe the multi-paragraph mm, compositions mm-hmm. as requiring some of that simultaneous thinking mm-hmm. and coordinating. You can't really multitask. Mm-hmm. You can't really ever do more than one thing at once. Right. But you can be doing one thing and then quickly go do another thing and think mm-hmm. about the next thing mm-hmm. and and just coordinate mm-hmm. all of that. That reminds me a little bit of my cooking days that I do. So I've got you know oh, anywhere yeah. from 10 to 20 recipes that I am making all at the same time and you know the rule is you chop up all your vegetables for all the recipes first and then you you know have them ready to go and then right. you get your chicken ready and you do all the chicken dishes and then you do all your roast and then you do all your ground beef and at the end of the day you know what you do you go out to dinner watch tv I don't. <laughs> you go out to dinner <laughs> you go out to dinner but then you have 30 meals in your freezer ready yeah. to go which is very And then nice. I suppose you know unit 9 the critique would be Kind of that advanced idea where you can go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and analyze. Ah, yes, I like say, that. Aha, mm-hmm. I I taste the cumin in mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I taste the whatever, or you know, oh, here's a sauce. It probably has this and this and that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have the danger of getting into some, you know, ridiculous nerdy conversation with. <laughs> the server who doesn't really know what's in the food. But. Right. So, okay, an example of that, uh, one of my favorite Italian restaurants, they have a cream of tomato soup that you would normally expect basil to be in there. This one has dill. Oh. And it's so delicious that, and I'm asking, what's in here? And he had, wow. he had no idea. So yeah. I actually went home and looked up the copycat recipe, and lo and behold, dill. Who knew? Dill. Well, if you go to an expensive enough restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, they may even say, well, let me have the chef come Yes, you, you yes, know. that's always nice, yes. So, but, uh, yeah, I think we can see a lot of comparisons mm-hmm. in skills development. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, the, the music and the sports metaphor are easy for people to grasp mm-hmm. because almost everyone has wrestled with mm-hmm playing some music or singing or doing something or playing a sport at some mm-hmm. point and understanding that technical practice. But the cooking is is kind of a little more fun and flexible. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. more things to think about. And, uh, of course, we continue to observe students who, you know, I find it so interesting, particularly with our SSS mm-hmm. recording and those mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching the same thing. Yes. You know, it's the same source text. A lot of times the outlines are very similar. They've all got the same or very, very similar checklists. Mm -hmm. You know, everything really is the same. Mm -hmm. And yet they go home and they play with that stuff. Mm -hmm. And when they come back, you see such an amazing level of creative difference. Mm Mm-hmm. In the products themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the kids are all cooking up their dishes to bring back to you, the teacher, and then you can see what incredible creativity and variety. Yeah. And you know, people sometimes are worried mm-hmm. if they don't if they don't have experience with our system, mm-hmm. they think, oh no, isn't everybody going to write you know the same thing in the same way, and it's right. going to be boring and uncreative. No. But yeah. really, the opposite is true. The mm-hmm. more ingredients, the more tools, and the more modeling you provide, mm-hmm. then 
the more everyone has to work with mm-hmm. and the wider range of variety. Yep. And and especially for the kids who, you know, would would really struggle. I don't know what to do. They they know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, exactly. So that's that's one of the delightful things about what we do at IEW. It's true. It's true. And I think uh, I think of the times that you've read, you read the papers out loud, and you really take delight in what the students have produced. It's not perfect. I can hear a counterfeit number four sentence opener, for example, that you read, <laughs> that the student says, that's, surely that's a number four. But you just give them praise. And I think what I love about cooking for my husband or for anyone who enjoys my cooking is I love to please them. And I think that's what we can do as writing teachers is be that recipient of the meal, so to speak, that the child has brought to them and just enjoy it and just kind of use that opportunity, not as a teaching tool, but as a way to praise them for their their work. And the more they write, the better they'll get. Just like the more you cook, the better you get at it. So just one last question. Mm -hmm. Whose roast is in the kitchen? It's Kristen's. Because it looks really good. (laughs) And I'm going to bum some off her. (laughs) You just might have to do that. (laughs) Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Pudua and the team at IEW, I thank you for allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking. <laughs>